It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, so now on Sports Illustrated with our preview and prediction of the Ohio State and Akron game on Saturday night. It's uh, the first night home game of the year for the Buckeyes and a game that for several reasons, I think the Buckeyes and the Buckeye fans are looking forward to. Uh, This is not a game that I think Ohio State fans are necessarily worried about with the Akron Zips coming to town, but there are an awful lot of things that I think folks are really looking forward to seeing as Ohio State tries to clean some things up and get ready for what should be a, a tough Big Ten season. I'm Brendan Gulick with Coach Tommy Zagorski. Coach, why don't we start right off the top with the big news of the day yesterday of, of C.J. Stroud um, technically not playing. I can't imagine he's going to see the field. Uh, as Ryan Day said, he, he's only available in an emergency situation. Um, it's hard to envision a game in which C.J. Stroud would have to play under that circumstance this weekend. But, uh, you know, a chance to finally see what Kyle McCord and Jack Miller might have in store. And, um, you know, two more guys that haven't really seen a lot of time. So there's some element of the unknown there, but I think some excitement too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it's an interesting move uh, by Coach Day to announce it on Thursday um, at his radio show and obviously a little bit of time with the media. Uh, but once again, as a coach, um, you go into games, you kind of know what team you're going to play against. And, and there's different things at stake. Uh, does Ryan Day in his mind think that either Kyle or Jack can lead the Buckeyes to a victory against Akron? He hopes so. Every coach in America hopes that their backup quarterback can lead their team to a victory. Uh, that's why you recruit those guys. That's why you develop those guys. And um, there's two ways to look at this. One, it's like the end of the preseason for the Buckeyes. You know, they're going into Big Ten play. Um, a lot of times in the NFL, you'll see that at the end of the preseason. Hey, we know who the incumbent starter is. We know who our guy is. Let's give him a break. Let's see what else we have and some live action, some bullets being flying. Um, going from that standpoint, there's also the mindset. When I was at the University of Tennessee uh, with Mike DeBoard, who right now, uh, praying for Coach DeBoard, he's in intensive care right now. Um, he and his family, uh, keep them in your prayers, please. They're incredible people um, and really helped me a lot in my coaching career. Uh, but I digress. We used to put a rep count on Josh Dobbs, and it was when we got down to game plan, how many times did we have to run Josh Dobbs? to make sure we won the football game at Tennessee. And I remember sitting there going through that. And at the time, it was early to me, and I was kind of like, why are we doing that? And it made sense. Uh, football is a physical. It's an intense game. It puts a lot on you. And now these quarterbacks mentally have an incredible amount of responsibility. And then you add the physical aspect of it on a Saturday, um, taking those hits off of a young C.J. Stroud um, and taking those reps off him a little bit may actually help him in the long run. So um, it's a good move by Coach Day. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of Buckeye fans that have been sitting there uh, on their couch going, hey, you know what? I think that Kyle or I think Jack's going to be the guy. Um, and you're going to get your opportunity uh, Saturday in prime time on the Big Ten Network. It, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch those other guys get a chance to. Again, I, I think uh, I, I think this is a week where the Buckeyes can you – know, you, you never take an opponent lightly, right? But um, Ohio State's going to have a, a, an advantage at basically every position on the field – against an Akron team that's still trying to build something. Uh, and, and look, they're coming in off a win, so I'm sure they're going to feel good about the way they're playing. Um, you know, they struggled their first couple games of the year, but uh, had a nice second half showing last week. 
uh, and and hopefully Ohio State can can you know develop an early rhythm in this game. These are the kinds of games the Buckeyes are trying to play, you know, early on in the season as as they you know prepare for Big Ten play. Um, it, it almost feels a little backwards playing games like Minnesota and Oregon right out of the shoot, and then playing two non-conference opponents that you expect to beat before jumping back into conference play. You know, there's different schools of thought there, but um, you can't really change the schedule right now. It is what it is. So you go try to take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. Um, I I think the biggest thing here is to try to figure out how to evaluate whether or not Ohio State is playing at a high level this weekend. You know, this this has to be a game where, you know, as you've said a, a number of different times, you can't sink to the level of your competition. You got to rise to the level of your training. And Ryan Day spoke quite a bit this week about making sure that this team, you know, does things the right way during practice this week to get ready for a game where they need to, to fire on all cylinders. Um, I'm particularly interested on the defensive side of the ball. The Buckeyes changed schematically a little bit last week, going to a too high safety look. We're going to see some different personnel in the game. Um, but I, I am particularly interested to see, you know, if there are noticeable differences with the way Ohio State executes on the field, no matter what the opponent throws at them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, you're playing a Division One college football team. And um, not to take anything away from the Akron Zips, it's a great young football team. Tom Arth and his staff have put together a group of, and you look at that up and down on the two deep, it's a lot of freshmen and sophomores, especially on that offensive side of the football, uh, where that coaching staff, I may or may not know because I may have been in the room, uh, decided that we're going to recruit young kids and develop them. Um, And and that's what they're seeing right now. And and, and what you're going to see is a young group of guys that are going to play really, really hard um, and are going to try to play together and are going to pull each other together. Um, This is a great opportunity for those young men. Um, to get up there and go play. And, and a lot of those guys, this is a big chance for them that they have any aspirations of playing on Sundays. Um, these are the tapes that the, the scouts look at. They want to see how they look against the Ohio State Buckeyes. From a defensive perspective for the Buckeyes, it's imperative that they execute. You know, from the beginning of the game, um, you know, DJ Irons had an outstanding week. He's the reigning Mac East player of the week. He's coming into town, um, you know, playing really high uh, and enjoying uh, enjoying some, you know, some success early in his career at the Akron. Um, so they're going to have a spy on him. Uh, you know, the receiving core for Akron's a really good receiver core. They're going to have to guard those guys. And, um, you know, and I, I obviously the Buckeyes secondary uh, has continued to develop and play well, the corners especially. Um, so you're going to want to see those safeties play well. And the big question mark is going to be, can the defensive line get pressure on this young offensive Akron line? And can the linebackers go make plays? You know, Brennan, you and I can't sit here Sunday morning and look back at this game and say, well, our Mike linebacker didn't have any tackles. We didn't have any quarterback pressures. There were no tackles for loss. Like Those are things that, like, are indicative of a great defense. And that's why you go back and you look at, like, all right, Oregon's probably the best. Oregon is the best team that Ohio State's played this year. What happened in that game? Oregon pressured the quarterback. They had played behind the line of scrimmage. They had tackles for loss. You know, defensively execute. Get some three and outs. You know, rally around each other. Really have the mindset, hey, we're not going to let these guys get a first down. And that's how you have to start off that game and go attack it. And, and, and Akron's going to have a great game. They have incredible coaches uh, that are going to have a plan ready to go against these guys. And they're going to scheme them up. You know, they're going to try to find different ways uh, to attack these guys. But it's important that the Buckeyes play together. You know, really, I don't know if there's been a time watching this Ohio State team through the first three weeks that you see a, the defense play together. I mean, the one moment I think about this season 
was the, the interception return against Tulsa last week, which was so encouraging to see guys rallying to the football. The game's out of hand, and they're going to go play. And that's what you want to see your team play. Great football teams are going to play no matter what the scoreboard says. They could be up by 70, down by 70. Um, it could be three degrees outside or 103 degrees. You want to see guys that are rallying to the football, running around, pulling together, and, and, and trying to, you know, maybe tarnish um, and not tarnish, but polish that silver bullet defense. We're not using that term right now. Uh, we haven't used it for a while. Let's try to get back to that this weekend um, against Akron. And, and it's going to be about execution. You know, I talk about this every single week. I'm like a broken record. But if you execute and you perform the best your God-given ability, um, you could maybe see some confidence instilled in this Buckeye defense as they get ready to go play Big Ten play. I, uh, I, I went back and watched the highlight uh, of that interception return for a touchdown, Cam Martinez, uh, a couple of times. And, and I felt like every time I watched it, I noticed somebody else that was making a play on that play. You know, you pointed out Bryson Shaw and, and the way he, you know, led a block up the field the whole way. Um, JTT almost got home on a sack on that play. He was literally laying on the ground on the far hash mark. And by the time Cam Martinez had run all the way back to the near side, one of the blocks he got outside the hashes near the numbers was JT Tuimolo-Au, who had turned his whole body around and sealed off an edge. I mean, it just unbelievable effort on that play from three or four different guys. You know, as soon as Cam Martinez started to turn the corner, it was basically a wall of, of you know, scarlet jerseys blocking for him. Um, that was – I agree with you. That's like the most standout, memorable play defensively of the whole season. And not just because they scored. That helps. But the effort level on that play was terrific. Um, you're right. I, I think this is a big week for Ohio State's, you know, front seven. Got to have a better week. Got to find a way to, to shed blocks and, and get in the backfield. Right. This could be a week where maybe the Buckeyes can, you know, start to rack up some tackles for loss. Um, I had a chance to talk with Tom Arth yesterday and, and asked him specifically about the environment because he's got a young team. Um, you know, he, he was feeling like the the opportunity to play Auburn in the opener is going to help them this week because they played in front of 100,000 people already. And last year, you know, mostly an empty stadium. Um, and, and the Mid-American Conference came back later than a lot of the other leagues did for a long time. Akron and the rest of the MAC thought they weren't going to have a season at all, and then they, they at least got six games out of it. Um, but nothing ever an experience like what they had in, in week one down at Auburn. So there is some element of when they go to Ohio Stadium on Saturday, it's going to be a big crowd for what they're used to, regardless of how many people are there. Under the lights, it's a primetime game, et cetera. Um, but maybe not the same wow factor uh, that they would have experienced in week one. That said, you know, the Zips have given up 60 points in a game twice in their first three games uh, to the only two FBS teams they've played. Um and given Ohio State's, you know, skill players and talent on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I, I expect this to be a big day for the Buckeye offense. But I think all the question marks right now are on the defensive side of the ball. But there are going to be eyes on Ohio State's quarterback play because Kyle McCord and Jack Miller are going to get a chance to play, you know, for the first time. Well, I guess Miller technically has, has played before, but, uh, you know, only a handful of snaps and hasn't thrown a pass yet. Um you know, it's it, it to me. There's going to be 
a lot of things evaluating the game within the game. The outcome really isn't going to be the thing that people are are most tuned into. Is that fair to assess? Yeah, it's the game within the game. It's going to be that uh, from that standpoint. I will tell you this: as a as an Ohio State Ohio State fans watch this game, they're going to be really really disappointed if they don't jump out early and keep the foot on the gas pedal. Um, I, you know, once again, I, I reminisce back, and I've only coached in the Power Five at you know for a limited time. But when I was at Tennessee, we played North Texas at home, and I'll never forget this: North Texas was having a down year. They might have been a one win team or a no win team. It was week seven or eight, and um, Mike DeBoer, who I alluded to in the in the opener, um, who I like I said, I've continued keeping your prayers. Debo and I are coming out of the press box after the game's over. I believe we won the game thirty five nothing. Ten fans. As we're coming out, because in Tennessee, you had to come by the fans. As we're getting ready to leave by the fans, they're booing us. Wow. They're booing us because they go, hey, we didn't pay a million dollars to watch you lose this game. You know, I mean, it was like, un- or, you know, it was like we didn't lose. Like, we we played, like, we we won the game. Like, we're, playoff el- or we're bowl eligible. Like, what do you want? Like, and it was like a crazy kind of week uh, to do that. And I, I think that, you know, as fans, when you go – when they play, play pay these one point whatever games, these guarantee games, they're they want to see guaranteed bloodbath. That's what fans want to see. They don't want to just see a win. They want to see you go and, and and go have this. And and here's the thing that's crazy in college football: there has never been a season that I can remember in recent memory where more of these guarantee games that the teams are getting paid are also coming away with a victory, or they're narrowing the gap. You're sitting yeah. there, you're looking, and you go, "Holy smokes!" You know, I mean, Minnesota played Miami of Ohio, who's another MAC team. Down to the wire. Toledo plays Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Montana beat Washington. Yeah, it's I mean, I mean, you've Montana beating Washington. You have Western Michigan goes to Pitt and beats them in a shootout, 44-41. The Mid-American Conference is a great conference, and, and Akron represents that conference well. But Ohio State fans want to see, want to see dominance. They want to see, you know, Ohio State running around and doing things that they've done in the past. And it's important. And is there an opportunity to do that? Absolutely. Every time you step foot on the field and you wear that Ohio State scarlet and gray, you have the ability to dominate. And I think that's going to be something Ryan Day is going to probably talk about with his team or already has this week, uh, you know, in developing them and, and showing them. Because here's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, they're going to watch this film and you're either going to be really, really happy with it or, you know, a little disappointed in it. Um, you know, and, and realistically, you know, this is a great opportunity to execute. And like that game in the game, it's going to be come down to fundamentals. Our guys fundamentally playing sound. Are they growing? Are they developing? Um, you know, as a coach, you know, you're, you're either progressing or, or you're getting stagnant. Like there's only there's only two things. You can't have the opportunity to see your team like you come out of a victory. And I've done this. You walk off the field with a victory, you know, and you go win a game um, and, and, and you don't you win by four or five touchdowns. But you didn't like the way you played like it still eats away at you. And that's what Ohio State's going to have this weekend. And you want your players to feel the same way. Um, and like, I remember I've had that where guys will walk off the field and go coach, like I didn't play my best game today. And I'm like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a victory. We'll correct it on Sunday and we'll live to see another day, but it's important for these guys to do that. And that's, what's going to come down to on, on, on Saturday for the Buckeyes. They have to execute. Um, and, and they're going to have to play good football. Are, are they more talented than Akron? Yes. Are they going to win this game? Most likely? Yes. But, but like you said at the beginning, it's the game within the game the little things, the details, what can you build off of to make you a better team that prepares you going forward? I'm, I'm really interested to watch Matt Barnes the rest of the year, because, you know, now that he's calling plays, um, you know, nobody at Ohio state is saying this publicly, 
but we've talked about this a little bit off air, and I think it's fair to bring up. Kind of feels like this is Matt Barnes' job interview, and and it's you know uh, nine games the rest of the season, and and hopefully you know football beyond that um, to prove that he could be you know the solution for Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. Who knows what this room is going to look like next year from a coaching staff perspective? Um, again, it, it is not a knock on their ability as coaches. Um, Kerry Combs and Al Washington and Larry Johnson, I mean, they, they have a ton of credibility and, and you know, a great successful resume, especially when it comes to recruiting. Kerry Combs has proven time and time again that he is one of the best defensive backs coach in the country. Um, I mean, look what he's done with Ohio State secondary and some of the guys that have gone pro. He knows what he's doing. It just hasn't proven to be a particularly effective play caller. Um, and I'm not convinced that Kerry won't be back on this staff next year. But from a fan's perspective, it's easy to sit here and say, hey, you know, your, your defensive coordinator hasn't been stripped of his title, but he was taken from the sideline and put upstairs and he's not calling plays anymore. Um, you know, and a guy who was just promoted to being the, the secondary coach in the offseason is now calling plays. He had a brief opportunity to call plays at Maryland in 2018. Um, it, it, in a lot of ways, to me, it feels like a bit of a job interview for Matt Barnes. Uh, and so I would expect that, you know, he's going to certainly put his best foot forward and uh, and try to give this thing a good run. Absolutely. I mean, every time any opportunity you have as a, as a coach, as a person, whatever you do in life, everything's an interview. Everything we do is an interview. I mean, Matt Barnes is being analyzed every single day in the facility. As Ryan Day is the head coach, Ryan Day's got a mindset where he goes, okay, if Coach Combs can't do this, if Kerry can't do this, what's the next step? All right, Matt Barnes is the next guy up. And even in his mind, he goes, am I going to let Al Washington, Larry Johnson, or Kerry call it again? Like, that's where his mindset goes going forward with that. There's QCs that are in the building that have been head coaches at the FBS level. There's guys that are coaches all over the place that he's looking at and evaluating and saying, like, hey, can this guy go on the field? Can this guy go on the field? Can this guy go on the field? Like, everything you do matters. And, you know, I, Brandon Staley, who I got to work with at John Carroll. Just thinking coach, about that clip. Who's the head coach of the, who's the, head coach of the Chargers. Um, you know, he got a chance to come talk to the, our team when I was at Akron. And one of the things he talked about was always being on. And Brandon and I shared a closet of an office at John Carroll. And we always had to be on. You had to be on. You always have to be on because you don't know when that opportunity is going to come. It's like being a backup baseball player or a backup football player. Whatever it may be, when you get the nod, you have to be ready to go. And whatever your profession is, you're always interviewing. And Matt Barnes is going to take advantage of this and, and have that opportunity. Twofold, one, to be the defensive coordinator at Ohio State or – be a defensive coordinator somewhere else. Because here's the other thing. If Matt Barnes does a great job and then Ryan Day goes out and gets, you know, insert whoever you want as the as a defensive coordinator, he goes and gets Rex Ryan. To, and I'm not saying Rex Ryan would be the guy. I've, I've publicly have said Barry Odom, I think, would be the guy that I would get on a plane and go get. That's just me. I don't make those decisions. But whoever he goes and gets and decides to do that, well, now you're at another place. Now Matt Barnes is like, you're sitting there going, hey, Matt Barnes did a good job with the Ohio State defense at the end of the year. And then somebody goes and makes him a coordinator, you know, so it just depends on what, you know, what's going to happen. It's all a big interview for him. Um, and it's the most intense interview you've ever been a part of. I mean, it's the way that you walk into the facility. It's the way you eat lunch. I know that sounds insane. It's every little detail because 
you're in this little hemisphere where you're literally living in a bubble. And people know this because they just got out of the pandemic. Football has been a bubble for a long time. Football coaches, we live in a bubble for, for literally the entire season. We go off and recruit. We come back to the bubble. I mean, that's the extent of what the, like the world is that is college coaching. So right now he's being evaluated, um, and he's going to do everything in his part to make sure he has the opportunity to be the defensive coordinator at Ohio State going forward. I uh... – I didn't mean to cut you off at the beginning of that. I, I have so enjoyed this is a little bit of a sidebar, but if you're a football junkie, um, Brandon Staley is the real deal. And I, I, I know you and I have been a bit privileged to get to know him and see him, you know, work up close and personal. Um, I have a boatload of respect for him. Um, and I've enjoyed what the Chargers, you know, uh, in-house production team has put out their, um, you know, their their series through training camp and the draft. And um, I don't remember. Uh, I think it's called All In uh, is what they call it. Everybody calls it, you know, different things, but they do a great job with it. And I specifically remember in one of the promos, Staley standing up in front of the entire group of players you know, it's a it's an early training camp presentation. He's got a board behind him, but you know, he's standing up there. He's he's dead serious and just exudes a ton of energy. But he's standing up there. He goes, "How you do it matters," and and I totally agree with that. Right? I mean, it it you can't just do things when the camera's on or the microphones are on or or people are watching. You know, you have to have a process by which you are committed to period and 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 that that stuff makes a difference especially in an ultra competitive environment where you're expecting that everybody else is doing that kind of thing um you're looking for that little edge all the time and i uh i again a little bit of a sidebar here but man i i, I really like the direction the chargers are headed there's a reason why coach staley in like a three-year stretch went from being um, you know, a division three national assistant coach of the year to being a head coach in the NFL uh, and, and had a boatload of success along the way there. Back on the Ohio State side, um, you know, your whole point about you're essentially always interviewing. Uh, to me, Ryan Day was specifically asked yesterday, hey, you know, uh, CJ Stroud, you've made the comment he's probably not going to play. It's only an emergency situation if he gets in. How did he take it? And, and you know, what kind of evaluation are you going to really be able to get from Kyle McCord or Jack Miller, you know, when they go out and play? And Ryan Day alluded to it, but I don't think he like full on, you know, went all in on this. For Kyle McCord and for Jack Miller, this is a massive opportunity because this is their chance to be evaluated in real live reps in a game against someone other than your own players. But by the same token, every snap is a is a is an evaluation tool for Paris Johnson and Travion Henderson and Jeremy Rucker and Tommy Eichenberg and Haskell Garrett and Bryson Shaw and everybody else, right? I mean, when you're out there, you're being evaluated. You're competing to keep your job. It's that much harder to stay at the top than it is to get there. And Ryan Day said preseason I wake up every day scared that people are going to wake up and want what we've got. Ain't that the truth, right? It's really, really hard to stay at the absolute mountaintop of college football. You know, Nick Saban and Alabama know that better than anybody else, but Ohio State and Clemson 
and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and a couple of these other big programs that have had great runs certainly know that. And, and I think that is one of the hardest things to do with a young team is get them to understand that that level, no matter who you're playing, every snap really, really matters. Yeah. I mean, that's why people always talk about when you walked in the facility, when urban was a head coach, it was fourth and inches all the time. Cause he knew it was fourth and inches. All the time. Everybody is constantly competing with you. There's not a moment. I mean, I used to, we used to talk to our guys about the way they slept. Like, it's competitive the way you sleep. Do you get enough sleep to be prepared to be the next? I mean, like, literally, you have to compete in everything you sing, you do. And that's like with Ryan Day. That's the hardest part of his job is to tell 18 to 21-year-old kids, like, this, like, explain to them the, the magnitude of the competition, the intensity that they have to have, the way that they approach everything. That's what college football is about, is getting those guys ready to go from that standpoint. And, you know, he has to do that on a sing every single day, and he knows that. That's where the stress comes in. And then he knows he's got to recruit high-level people. He knows people are going after his recruits. He knows people are going to go after his players that are on his roster. He knows that guys that, like, that if he doesn't do stuff right, people are going to want to take his job. I mean, it's a lot that goes into it. And it's, it's, it's a big part of it. Um, and it's an intense deal. And, you know, and each one of us have our profession and we love our, you know, some of us love our jobs, some of us hate our jobs, but it's a job. It's a profession that we do. And when you're in that profession, you know that if you're not doing it well, guess what happens? They're going to replace you. And that's what happens, especially as a player. You're being evaluated every single day, everything that you do and having the faith to be able to do that and going forward. And that's what, that's where he's at. You know, that's where he's at in this mindset. And Ryan Day is feeling a little bit of heat. He loses to Oregon. And, like, a game that Ohio State fans did not think was going to be that bad. You know, and to look back at it and see it that way, it's uh, it's tough. And he's still shaking that thing off. And I, I really think, though, he's going to do enough this season to push forward. And they'll fight through and they'll claw through this Big Ten kind of play. Um, and it's going to build grit. It really is. It's going to build a, a grittier bunch of guys that have had to earn it a little bit more than probably Ohio State teams in the past. And it's going to just make them that much better, uh, you know, for the long run. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's a really good opportunity for these guys to know that, hey, we're going to be challenged. We've got to rise to the uh, rise to the occasion and be ready to roll. I think we could we could dive into some of these specific matchups and things uh, against the Akron Zips. Um, and I want to do that, but I, I don't want to spend a, a ton of time on it because I think these conversations, too, are, are valuable, especially when it's your final non-conference game. Uh, and look, Ohio State in the history of its program has never lost a game when they've been a 40-point favorite or more. Um, it, it would take something cataclysmic just based on stats and numbers and, and, and you know, history. It would take something cataclysmic for the Buckeyes not to win on Saturday. It's not to say Akron's not going to play hard, but the Buckeyes are the better team coming in and, and you know, they expect that they're going to play well. Um if you're looking at a couple of individual matchups in this game, you know, guys that you think could be really challenging for Ohio State, maybe, you know, somebody defensively for Akron. I know Bubba Arslanian has has been a, a workhorse for them. He makes a lot of tackles. Um, you know, offensively, DJ Irons has, has shown some good escapability. The Buckeyes are going to have to find a way to get him on the ground. Um, you know, the, it, it's not going to be a the kind of game where Akron only generates a couple of first downs, they're going to be competitive, but are there some, uh, are, are there some matchups in particular that you're looking forward to watching? 
Yeah, I mean, across the board, uh, like I said, DJ Irons in the opening. Uh, he's the reigning Mac East player of the week. Um, I think DJ is going to have the, uh, you know, have the ability to uh, to make throws. And, and they're going to give him opportunities. Tom Hart's going to give him opportunities to try to get the ball out quickly. Um, I don't think he's going to have him sit back there and drop back and pat the football um, just because it's a lot. It's a lot on that offensive line, um, you know, and it's going to be a big matchup for those guys up front, you know, and you're, you're looking at it across the board. Um, you know, I, I think really uh, the left tackle, Xavier Gray, um, who we talked about earlier in the week, a six foot nine, a long prospect who, um, you know, he's going to go against JTT. He's going to go against Jack Sawyer. He's going to go against uh, different defensive lines that Ohio State has. And it's going to be a great matchup for him. Um, he's got a lot of length. He's got a lot of ability um, across the board. And that's one thing, like this Ohio State um, defensive line is going to line up. <clears throat> Akron's defense, offensive line is enormous. They're big guys across the board, six foot nine, six foot six. Uh, the center is only six foot one, but then um, you're looking at a, the right guard, six foot five, and the right tackle, six foot six. And they're all 280 plus. So it's a big offensive line. It's not like it's they're going to go play against some small, you know, actually the offensive line is bigger than Tulsa's offensive line uh, that they're going to play against. So kind of interesting to see that from that standpoint. Um, so that matchup is going to be key. Um, also to see how the linebackers are going to guard Kanate Mumfield and Mike Matheson. Kanate Mumfield and Matt, Mike Matheson are great inside slot receivers. Um, they line them up all over the place. It's one of the parts of the beauty of the Tom Arthur offense is being able the ability to line guys up in a lot of different places, um, but it looks the same to the defense. And what's going to end up happening is those guys are going to try to match those guys up on the linebackers and try to find ways to, to kind of cultivate explosives uh, from that standpoint. On the defensive side of the football for the for the Zips, um, it's going to be whether or not the defensive line can get pressure against the offensive line uh, for the Buckeyes. Um, it's, a, it's a younger group, and, and what I mean by younger group it's a group that's not real experienced. Um, there's some transfers. There's some Juco guys. There's, you know, Bryce Wilson's really the one guy in the middle, number zero, the nose tackle, uh, who's been there now for two years, uh, who's, who's a really good stalwart in the middle. And then Bob Arslanian and, and Jester Botang are going to look to make plays at the linebacker level. And it's going to be, can the D-line hold up enough to let Jess Lord and Bubba run around a little bit uh, and give them an opportunity to try to get hits on Travion Henderson? Um, they have not tackled anybody at Travion Henderson yet. I can promise you that. Um, so that's going to be an important matchup. And then really in the secondary, how do you attack Chris Olave? How's Matt Feeney going to attack Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, and the rest of the Buckeye receiving court? Because right now, um, you know, from a matchup standpoint, the Zips can't play man against Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson and, and then the rest of the guys that, you know, the Buckeyes are going to roll out. Um, so it's going to be interesting the what ways he tries to help those guys out um, to get there. So it'll be an interesting matchup uh, from that standpoint. And then also um, really the outside linebacker crew, uh, for the you know for Akron, they rely heavily on those guys to make plays, um, and and they're going to go against Jeremy Ruckert and Kate Stover and tight ends that they haven't seen block like that. So it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting matchup. But I kind of gave you a breakdown of all twenty two, I guess. But uh, but in essence, Brandon, like those are the matchups you're going to want to see. Um, and and as they're going forward with that, um, you know, if Ohio State can dominate those one on one matchups, it's going to be a really exciting Saturday evening for Buckeye fans. I. Uh... I'll, I'll give my score prediction. I'll, I'll let you uh, pass on that this week. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I think the actually the opening line was a pretty good line. Um, the the opening line was fifty three, and I can I can see this being a sixty three ten type game. Um, I think the line has moved back to forty nine, but uh, I, I think my final score prediction sixty three ten. So. Um, We'll see. I, I think this has a chance to be a really good week for the uh, for the Ohio State offense. Um, there is one other game in the Big Ten in particular that is extremely interesting to me, uh, and I, I think you can make the argument it's the national game of the week. 
Notre Dame and Wisconsin are playing this weekend, uh, a game that last year was canceled. They didn't have a chance to play it. Um, you know, I realize Notre Dame is ranked ahead of Wisconsin right now. I'm not particularly sold on the Fighting Irish this year. They're fine. Um, but as the season's gone along, their wins have become less and less impressive. And I do think Wisconsin didn't play great football at home week one against Penn State, but I think they've gotten better since then. Uh, and I, I am I am kind of expecting Wisconsin to soundly – I don't know if the scoreboard is going to show it, but I kind of expect Wisconsin to soundly beat Notre, this, uh, Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be physicality. Uh, I think Showtime or HBO should put this game on for their boxing network. Um, you're going to see two teams that are just going to try to punch each other in the face uh, for four quarters. It's going to be a physical bloodbath. Um, you know, the one thing that's interesting about Notre Dame, and I, I always hear that, you know, we talk about this a lot, is they haven't been impressive in their what? In their wins. Somehow, some way, Notre Dame figures out ways to win games. And I know tradition doesn't wear a helmet. I know tradition doesn't wear shoulder pads, and I know tradition doesn't win you games, but there's some magical elixir between the Blessed Mother and South Bend, Indiana, that they come together and they figure out a way to win um, some of these games against teams that I think let, are on their same level playing field. Wisconsin comes into this game. They played this Penn State team at the beginning of the year, and we're kind of like, ah, you know, maybe they're not that good. Well, what we saw, Penn State's a good football team. Yeah. Penn State, Penn State is playing at a high level. Uh, James Franklin has got these guys like, he took the men, the men in black eraser and erased their mind from the, the COVID season. And these guys are playing with a different type of confidence, a different type of swagger. And I really think that as, as we go forward into this, um, it's going to be a great game. I I have trouble not picking Notre Dame in this game. Uh, I just think um, Brian Kelly's going to have these guys ready to play. You know, Paul Chris is going to come into this and he's going to talk to these Wisconsin kids because there's a lot of crossover. In Absolutely. I mean, you look at the guys that are up front. Um, I, I would be shocked that there's not a guy from Wisconsin or two or the Minnesota area that are on the offensive line for the Notre Dame team. But, um, you know, I'm going to say, you know, Brian Kelly has those guys ready. They're going to squeak by Wisconsin, um, but I don't know if they're going to have the same luck against the Bearcats next weekend. So uh-huh. We're looking ahead a little bit. foreshadowing, if you will. Um, you know, Cincinnati gets the bye this week. I, I think that uh, they're going to have time to get ready, and they know how to attack Marcus Freeman. Um, and that's the biggest issue for Notre Dame right now is figuring out Marcus Freeman's a great young defensive coach. But the question is, why is it not working for him yet at Notre Dame? Um, it's not like he doesn't have great athletes to coach. Um, you know, in Cincinnati, they were a lights-out defense. So it's going to be important to see those guys mature this week against Wisconsin. Hey, one more thing real quick before we wrap up, since you bring up the Bearcats. Are, are the stars aligning for them? Because Ohio State lost a game. Clemson lost a game. Oklahoma looks vulnerable to me, but maybe they won't lose. Um you know, Cincinnati, even though Indiana doesn't appear to be what they were last year, uh, it's still a great win for Cincinnati to go to Indiana and, and beat them. If Cincinnati can run the table, you think they get in as one of the top four? I don't. I don't. I know it's hard to say that. I look at it this way. The Buckeyes lost Oregon week, you know, week two. Ohio State runs the table and wins the Big Ten. What committee's not going to want Ohio State in the in the college football playoff? Like, what committee's not going to want to take a Power Five one loss team that won their conference? How do you look at Florida? Florida's going to have two losses. Florida's going to have two losses, and the reason they say they're going to have two losses is they're going to have, or maybe even three. I mean, they're, they have Georgia in the SEC East. Like, 
who right. like you're looking at this like right now, like whoever wins the SEC is going to see Alabama again. And like to not take the second SEC team, like in my mind, is like incredibly crazy. We watched this Florida team play against Alabama, who I had on this podcast last week said, like, I don't know. They're going to be able to hang with them. And, and Alabama jumped out early. And kudos to Dan Mullen and his staff. They made that thing really, really close at the end and, and had a chance. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard for the Bearcats to right now honestly think that they're going to get in. They're going to need a couple two-loss teams. They're going to need Oklahoma. They need the Big 12 to be really muddy. They need Oklahoma to lose, you know, one game here and another game here. Um, you know, Iowa State dropping to Iowa at the beginning really throws the Big 12 into, into a loop uh, from that standpoint. And they need Notre Dame to lose. Like, they can play this Notre Dame team. They need to beat Notre Dame. They need Notre Dame to beat Wisconsin. They need Notre Dame to have one loss on their schedule. They need Notre Dame's one loss to be the Cincinnati Bearcats. And that's how they're going to have that ability. The Indiana game, Indiana's, you know, Michael Penix is finding his way. He's throwing a couple picks. He's, you know, he's pressured. This guy was like Superman last year. I mean, every highlight we watch of college football, college football is back. It's Michael Penix running against Penn State, launching out to that pine lot. That was one of the most, like, magnetic. I mean, my, I'm, I'm tingling right now thinking about it. It was yep. such a great electrifying play. The drama of the review and the weight, and then, boom, in Bloomington, it's the biggest win in Bloomington history. We love Tom Allen, you know. And, like, you go through that. Like, it's amazing to see that. But this kid's trying to work his way into this. He's being pressured. But, um, you know, I love Luke Fickle. I love what he's done at Cincinnati. I have a ton of respect for him. Um, I think he's one of the best, if not the best college football coach in the country with what he did at Cincinnati to build that thing so quickly. Um, do I want to see Cincinnati in the college football playoff? Absolutely. Um, do I think they're going to get there? I, I just don't know. I mean, there's going to have to be some two lost teams. Um, I think Alabama probably already booked their room, um, you know, when they're, when they're going from that standpoint, but like everybody else, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Georgia, like, how do you not let Georgia? I mean, this Georgia team is ridiculous. I, I don't, I mean, they're not yield. Their defense is, is 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 incredible. And one of the things is like Clemson. Everyone's down on Clemson. Brent Venerables and his defense is ch are choking people out. Like this defense that Clemson's playing right now, this is the best defensive Clemson football team we've seen in a long time statistically. And all we're worried about is because of the quarterback play. All right, so a generational player like Trevor Lawrence comes there, and I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry, Brendan, but a general patient like Trevor Lawrence goes, you know, leaves to go to the NFL draft. We have a kid that comes in that played last year, and everyone's like, he should be ready to go. It takes time. It takes time. You know, everyone looks at this Clemson and well, I don't know if they could do this and this. I mean, like, they're playing really, really good defense right now. If you play great defense, you have a shot. You have a shot. And that's the difference. Cincinnati last week against Indiana in the first half didn't play great defense. And it kind of opened up the door to wonder, you know, are they going to be the real deal um, going forward? Can they win the American? Can they win every game in the American? You know, those aren't guaranteed games. They got to go play those games. They got to go play a good Memphis team who beat Mississippi State last week. They got to go play other teams in that conference. They're really, really talented. So um, it's going to be a fun, fun fall to watch. I mean, Brendan, the smell of Ohio picked apples are in the sky. There's crisp dew, the smell of the sweetness of tape, the sweat of the pads. Fall is here. College football is underway. It doesn't get better than that. It's all of 48 degrees right now as we shoot this and, uh, at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. Uh, it uh, it is fall for sure. This is uh, it, summer clicked off like you know a light switch. It was ninety five and humid and nasty. I mean, literally the heat index on the field was like a hundred degrees when Ohio State played Tulsa, and it's going to be maybe seventy degrees on Saturday. Uh, fall is here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I said one of the beauties of living in this great state of Ohio is you really do get to celebrate all four seasons. I don't know where else in the world. Uh, you get to do that. Uh, sometimes you get to celebrate three or four of them in a week. 
um, as you're going forward. So, but, uh, but no, it's awesome. It's, it's been a great opportunity. And, and like I said, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Ohio State try to execute this weekend. Um, and there's a lot of other good college football on. So, fans, don't be afraid to watch it, getting ready, some nice appetizers uh, before you check out those Buckeyes at 730 on Saturday night. Yeah, Buckeyes and the Akron Zips coming up on Big Ten Network on Saturday night. That's your Akron and, and Ohio State and, uh, you know, maybe slightly larger picture college football preview as the Buckeyes wrap up their non-conference portion of the schedule. For Tommy Zagorski, I'm Brendan Gulick. Everything you need for the Buckeyes and Zips is over on BuckeyesNow.com on our social media channels. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, we'd appreciate it if you do that. And uh, know that we're going to live stream all of our press conferences as well. So this is an easy place to find what Ryan Day and some of the guys have to say after the game. See you real soon. Ohio State and Akron, 740 on Saturday night.